G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault traffic sales event now on. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Adam Goods, the Carlton Footy Club review. The wild card is back on the agenda and shorter quarters plus plenty more signings and a heap of other news. And, of course, time on is your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get yourself involved. Uh, very good evening. I uh, hope you're travelling okay wherever you are listening at the moment. Uh, Fingers and toes and and all things crossed that tomorrow at night at midnight uh, we come out of this uh, two-week lockdown. We don't want to jinx it, touch wood. Uh, I've just hit my head, so you hit wherever you need to find that piece of wood to touch. Uh, But fingers crossed, and I hope you're you're going okay um, with how your day uh, has been uh, 1300 736 736. Of course, time on is your say on the news of the day. Time on all for Essendon GWM Havel. The Essendon, the Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on. You can always text as well 0433 98 11 16 on the temper text. Temper T E M P U R, a mattress like no other. Uh, plenty on the agenda tonight, but uh, one of the biggest stories uh, of the day. Of course, is the the news that uh, Sydney great and uh, one of uh, the game's greats, Adam Goods, has declined an invitation to be inducted into the Australian Football Hall of Fame. Um, in a statement, uh, the AFL Commission Chairman Richard Goiter said he understands and respects the two-time Brownlow medalist, two-time Premiership player's decision. Uh, it was revealed uh, via the statement that the AFL made after the story had been broken, I believe, uh, by Robbo in the Herald Sun. Um, Adam had asked the AFL to wait before announcing the decision, which has now been made public separately, said Mr. Goiter. Adam was clear he did not want his decision to detract from the moment for the 2021 inductees. Adam remains a great champion and leader of our game and has given more to our sport than he received in return. The treatment of Adam in his final years at AFL level drove him from football. The AFL in our game did not do enough to stand with him at the time and call it out. The unreserved apology that the game provided in 2019 was too late. But on behalf of our commission and the AFL, I apologise unreservedly again for our failures during this period. Failure to call out racism, not standing up for Adam, let down all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander players, past and present. We hope there will be a time in future when Adam will want to be connected to the game again. This is a decision for Adam and Adam only, and we understand uh, and respect his choice. Um, It's been felt uh, throughout the station and throughout the day. Uh, Jared Waitley spoke about it this morning in his editorial. A formal apology and an annual review was a lame attempt to put things right. An all-of-game apology a couple of years ago was closer to what was required. Unsurprisingly, though, the hurt lives with goods. Who wants nothing to do with football? His Hall of Fame induction might have given footy the chance, to a small degree, to have made amends to have brought him back into the fold. It might have made people within the game feel better almost forgiven for what transpired. 
Goods isn't prepared to be party to that, and nor should he be. The terms of any re-engagement are Adams to set. For the game and its leaders, Goods' refusal to accept the honour will sit heavily. And for the Hall of Fame, well, it will be incomplete until Goods is ready to one day take his place. From my point of view, I think we've just got to respect and understand Adam right now. Respect his decision, respect respect this as a, a stance or a statement or just the decision that he's decided to make right now. Let's not I don't think we should, you know, be criticizing and attacking him. Let's just respect him for it. That's the only way forward. It was probably the only way forward six years ago to respect and understand him. Um, it's the only way forward in my eyes right now. Jared Waitley and Dwayne Russell on SEN today. Gary and Tim had also spoken about it earlier on. You can hear all of that at sen.com.au. Bob and Andy as well, um, which I'll play uh, in just a moment uh, for you as well. Uh, just quickly, sorry, I said tomorrow night for lockdown, I somehow had in my head that it was Wednesday, Thursday night, of course, and thanks for those who have uh, pulled me up on that. Um, I've got to admit that I was really saddened today when I'd heard that, not and only purely from from Adam's point of view that that's still how he feels uh, towards the game, and but totally respect and, and understand as best I can his decisions. And and I suppose I got even more disheartened when I looked at comments being made on social media pages of of people that had published uh, that particular news uh, themselves. Uh, I was only sort of saddened and disheartened more, uh, it would appear that we've still got a very long way to go uh, in this space. And if you listened to, if you listen to and read about people still telling Adam how he should feel, telling him that he should get over it, telling him that he should be the one to extend an olive branch, telling him how he should behave, we're still feeling like that's an acceptable stance for us to take, telling this man how he should feel in light of what he experienced. So we're a little ways to go yet, aren't we? Um, And I think that's more about those people trying to feel comfortable about an uncomfortable situation and making themselves feel better and justifying their own stance on it. Um, It wasn't mob mentality pile on and where every day for two years, a man went to work and was demonised and harassed and bullied and we never did enough to stop it. Uh, The insidious vocal minority and led by people who seem to revel in trying to force this bloke out of the game, the Bolts, Divines, Panahees of the world and certain people within the game as well. And they won and they ran him out of the game and they got what they wanted. And we now all shoulder the blame for that. Even those who supported him and stuck up for him and championed him, it wasn't enough to turn back that tide. And we're now in the incredibly sad situation that we are, which I hope doesn't last forever, but that uh, is absolutely uh, up to Adam and, and my respect and, and just send him all the best and wish him, wish him well. Um, it, it is a, it is a sad day for, for that to happen and to that to be where we sit uh, at the moment. But hopefully, it's it's not forever. Uh, this is what Bob Murphy had to say about it today. I was surprised that people are surprised that there are some people that are surprised. Mm. I was not one iota of me was shocked that he would he would you know. So, so, so ex- and, expand on that uh, for me. Why, why do you think he wouldn't have seen this as a chance to... Because to varying degrees, the um, the game and the people in the game let him down and sort of crushed his soul. Mm. You know, that was a man just beaten mm. by the game and the people 
who in it, um, which we all are to some degree in how we handled all of that to whatever degree you did. Mm. Bob Murphy uh, on SEN Drive this afternoon, sen.com.au, uh, to hear the rest of that conversation. Uh, some other things, and you can have your say on that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. before we get the DJ uh, and Greg. Uh, North Melbourne defender Ben Mackay has re-signed with the club for a further two years, trying uh, tying him to Arden Street till the end of 2023. So that's a big piece of a puzzle that's been uh, questioned for a while, whether there would be any kind of bringing together of the Mackay brothers. So uh, that's been staved off for at least another couple of years. Sydney veteran Josh Kennedy has signed a one-year extension, the 32-year-old uh, has played 270 games since he debuted in 2008. He played 13 games for the Hawks. Uh, Geelong, when it comes to the fixture, Geelong has permission to fly in and out of Adelaide on Thursday night on a charter flight to Avalon. St Kilda's match against Adelaide will go ahead in Cairns on Saturday night as planned. North Melbourne versus GWS will be held at Blundstone Arena on Sunday. Uh, so those games have been locked in. And good news out of the Suns that Matt Rowell looks set to play his first game since round one after overcoming a knee injury. Suns take on Frio at Optus Stadium on Saturday. Uh, and in the AFLW, Taylor Harris has officially become a Melbourne Demon, part of a five-way trade after contract talks with the Blues uh, broke down. So we will talk about Carlton in just a moment because there's been a lot said uh, about the Blues, uh, and there's a heap of audio to work through. Some former greats, David Rhys-Jones, have spoken today, so we've got a full package on that. Kane Corns' view on Sam Walsh becoming the next captain. Uh, Anthony Kudafidi spoke to Dwayne Russell today, and I might even play a little bit of Peter Dean, two-time Premiership player with Carlton, a chat that I had with him several weeks ago about where the Blues find themselves at the moment. Uh, one 736 736 your say on the news of the day. DJ in Richmond, hello, mate. Yeah, g'day, Sam. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Mate, I just uh, wanted to ring in. I mean, this, this has been sitting in my gut all day. Um, I heard Bob's comments. I heard yours at the head of the show. I, I'm i beyond saddened at this mm. on so many levels. Um, I'm beyond saddened that there are still people that will swage their guilt are going to continue to convince themselves that their actions at the time were not directly responsible for this. I'm still saddened that there are people who think in 2021 we can tell other people how they should feel. Because if the boot was on the other foot and someone was attacking a member of their family to such a personal degree, I'd love to see if they were able to control their emotions. You know what, Sam? The sad thing is that if he hadn't made this incredibly obvious and totally justify an expected decision today, those very same people would have turned around and said, you see, he's been putting it all on. As soon as they offered him a gong, he was yep. back. How dare those people behave like that? And they're the people who should be having a bloody, cold, hard look at themselves tonight. Is that It is so sad that a man with that record, that by any other measure, except according to some people, the colour of his skin would walk in to the Hall of Fame, which is exactly where he belongs with all his Brownlows, Best and Ferris, Norm Smiths, all Australians, Rising Star, Games Record, yep. all the, we can keep going. You know, I'll stop now, mate. I'm just, I'm so, as you said, it shows you how bloody far we've got to go as a country. It's so disappointing. Thanks, DJ. I appreciate the call. Uh, Greg's in Blackburn. G'day, Greg. G'day, Sam. I actually concur with that guy. That was a really disgusting episode in our history. Mm. But I think I think it started with um, that that girl, you know, 
vilifying him. And then I just got exacerbated by that. I don't think it was about the colour of his skin. And then, unfortunately, with Eddie's comment about the King Kong thing, and, and I love, it, love Eddie, and he would have taken it back in a heartbeat. But it, it's, it was a, a really disgusting time. So I think everybody that was ever vilified him, you know, in the crowd, we are coming through this. Um, we respect our Indigenous people. Uh, the Western Australian um, game was incredible. Yeah. Um, just supporting our people. But, yeah, it was... It was disgusting. I feel sorry for Adam, and I, I do hope that he, you know, has solace because he's got so many people that actually love him. Yeah. Yep. No, Greg. Thank you. I, I echo your sentiments, and I appreciate the call. Uh, Craig's in Mornington. G'day, Craig. G'day, Sam. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, firstly, uh, I want to thank the station for their social stance. Number one. Uh, secondly, it would be remiss of me to say that I haven't been guilty in the past of such things. Yep. But I ask those people that are um, against uh, Adam Goods that. What side do they want to stand on in the side of history? History's been proven correct, whether it be women's rights, gay rights, or whether it be wearing a seatbelt or drink driving. We were all rallied against those causes, but they come to be true, and the history has told us that. Craig, thank you for the call as well. I really appreciate it. Uh, Tony's in Carlton. G'day, Tony. Hang on, Sam. Um, just a quick call. Firstly, I want to thank you for your comments earlier. I think they're, they're really wonderful to hear that. Um, secondly, I am a Carlton supporter. I'm also an Aboriginal fella. And when the Carlton supporters booed Adam when he was playing, I was absolutely disgusted. Yep. But I just want to say I'm also a writer and I got the pleasure to meet Adam this year at the Sydney Writers Festival. We did the gala together. And it's just important to say I know how he feels about the game, but as a person, actually, he's in a really good space. Um, it was wonderful to meet him. It was wonderful to talk to him. He's doing wonderful work mm. um, with Mickey O'Loughlin and others up there. And he is personally, I think, in a really calm space. And I had the pleasure of his company that night. And you just I, I was in awe of him, actually. He's just a remarkable person. Yeah, Tony, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And, and I have heard similar things from a couple of people I know that know him well, which is, which is really good news uh, to hear as well. So thank you for lending your voice to that. John's in Moorabbin. G'day, John. Oh, g'day. Um, thank you for the time. I really want to say I, I respect Adam's position. I watched the movie, uh, mm. a couple of films that have been written about what went on, and it is terrible what he endured. And it, we all, you know, we all share a role in that. But my, my question is this, and I, I want to be—I would like people to help me understand. So there were—he was—he was picked on and booed and and whatever, and and throughout the course of, of time. How much of it was to do with Indigenous, the colour of his skin, or how much of it was to do with the perception of him as a person? As there have been different players who were booed from one end of the ground to the other. I think of Mark Jackson, who played for Melbourne. There, there were others of all different shapes, sizes and colours who got the crowd offside and a bit of a mob or pack mentality got on board and people uh, booed them and often were just booing to be part of the crew. They had no idea, having a few beers at the footy. They're not putting a lot of thought into it, but when you... The narrative around it, in, particularly in that film that came out about him, was was very much to do with his his indigenousness, the colour of his skin. Um, does is that is that really is that what it really was? Am I am I off the beaten track on this? I want to be educated. I want to know. And and kudos, John, because that's exactly the, there are plenty of people who look at it and and say I can't quite put my finger on this, but for for you to be able to, and I don't want the, this is not obviously we're a sports station and this is. 
we're, we're giving the news of the day from a sporting point of view and, and we invite you to have, ring up and have your say on the news of the day. So I'm not here to preach, but to have that view that I want to learn and I've got an open mind is just a wonderful place to be coming at it from. So I commend you uh, for that. Um, I, I could go and give you my belief on what this is all about, but we, we've got 45 minutes left in the show. Um, I, I think you're doing the right things by going and watching those documentaries, reading the articles, I definitely think it, it did, along with the fact that he actually had some things to say in championing the cause of uh, Indigenous people and First Australians that people did not like uh, and that didn't sit comfortably with them, so all-out attack. And there were people who say, oh, he played for free kicks. Well, go and have a look at the last 10 years of his career and I don't want this to be about what the past was. It's about where we're at now and, and where we find ourselves now and what today represents it's not about trying to redig it and rehash it and people trying to make their argument as to why. It's about what we do to move forward. But there are still texts coming through uh, about the free kick. Go and have a look at his last 10 years. He was never in the top 20 free kick recipients. He was once in the top 50 in about 45. He was once in the top 100 at about 80. So that is a false narrative. And it's a, it's a throwaway line, I think, for people just to try and justify something that isn't justified. Um, but yeah, we, we, that's not the path that we, uh, we're looking to go down. It was more about what had happened today. Thank you for your call, John. Um, I really appreciate it. And it's now about what we can do and what we need to do. And I think Dwayne hit it on the head. You know, it'll be up to Adam when he feels comfortable to come back to the game. But as I said before, if you read some of the texts that are coming through here, if you look at the social media posts of people who have posted this news story, just to say what's happened, Go and read some of the comments, and, and it's no surprise to me that uh, at, just at the moment, Adam doesn't feel safe uh, coming back into the game and would and just would leave that alone for the time being. Don't blame him one iota. Uh, 1300 We'll turn our attention to Carlton on the other side of this. You can still have your say uh, on the news of the day, but there's still plenty uh, to get through on Time On SEN. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault Traffic sales event now on. Welcome back to Time On for Essendon GWM Havel. The Essendon Renault Traffic sales event now on 0433 98 11 16. 736 You can always text on that temper text line. A couple here. Whether or not you were booing him for racial reasons is irrelevant. Once he told us that's how he was perceiving it and how he felt, you continue to boo a man who has told you he is perceiving it as racist, then you are. Um, and that is, he told us, he asked us to stop, and we didn't. Uh, we continued, and we doubled down. Uh, wake up, Sam. Like umpires woke up to good staging and didn't pay him free kicks. Join the dots, mate. It ain't hard. Just because you're on radio doesn't mean you have to stop thinking for yourself. No, I don't. I just look at facts. And the facts are that in the last 10 years of his career, he's in the top 100 of free kick recipients twice. Uh, and you can keep throwing that line at me all you want. But here's a very simple question. And this is not an attack at Joel Selwood, by the way, who's a Bendigo boy. Love him. Admire him. Do you boo him every time he picks up the ball? Because he has received he received far and away more free kicks than any person in that decade, uh, almost double the amount of the next highest recipient of free kicks. So you, you don't have any leg to stand on there. That, it, and it is a false narrative because opinions are based on fact and reason. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Dave's in North Fitzroy. G'day, Dave. Oh, g'day, Sam. How are you, mate? I'm well, thank you. That's the way. Yeah, it's possibly right on cue with those text messages. Um, 
just a little anecdote. Um, years back amongst that whole booing stuff, um, I was at the footy with a mate and I would boo um, Adam like thinking he's been flopping. And what my mate did, he whacked me in the ribs because um, he knew better. There was um, undertones about it. So, and did you sort of take a bit of time then, Dave? Obviously, to to have a read, have a have a learn, um, and and that changed your your view when you realised the effect that it was having on Adam. Yes, and within an instant. Um, yep. Yeah, like it was probably twenty fourteen. Anyway, it was back then, um, and yeah, it was a bloody good lesson in life. And I, I can't preach to others, but. You know, he's sort of got to take a step back and, you know. Yeah, good on you, Dave. And there's a couple of people texting the same thing, that, that they did that and they got caught up in it and then actually stopped to have a think about what was actually happening, listen to the, the man himself, the people around him, um, and, and realise that they might have been making a, a mistake there. So, mate, well done. I, I appreciate you having the, the courage to call up. It's very hard to admit when you've you maybe got something wrong in life, but well done for you. It, it shows uh, a lot about who you are as a person. So good on you, mate. Thank you. No, nah, no worries. Um, on you, Sam. One three hundred seven Just a couple more on this. Goods owes us nothing. Why would he want a tokenistic award uh, from the organisation that let him be run out of the game after a legendary career? He knows, as we do, that plenty of people like Aboriginal culture and players when they toe the line. If they get chirpy... We spit races vitriol back. That's uh, Mortimer in Cranbourne. Uh, and off this is another one off the text. Adam Goods has an opportunity to help heal and offer positives, but he continues to dwell on highlight the past. The young girl incident was a shame and handled by him badly. Uh, Eddie, Eddie's comments were taken out of context. I took Eddie's comments. Uh, and that goes on. Also, Adam played for the free kicks, and that is the same as a soccer fan uh, and feigning insipid tackle injuries, etc. I think Adam was an amazing player, but no individual is bigger than the game and he chose to politicise and make gestures that are a slap in the face to the game. So this is still where we're at and uh, still, um, yeah, it's still where we're at. one uh, 736 A couple of people waiting patiently uh, and we'll, before we move on uh, to Carlton. This was an interesting one that Nick Rewalt uh, had to say. This is back on the agenda. Hutchie's been big on this for several years and Eddie Maguire's been big on this for several years in terms of the fixture and what we do at the end of the year. There are a lot of stats to show you that history will tell us that the top eight is pretty much set uh, at the halfway mark of the year on most years. Uh, So Nick Rewalt put this back up on the agenda last night. If you look at the ladder right at the moment from from 7th all the way down to sort of 12th, there's a, there's a gap there. So there's a big gap between the sides now in the eight. It's a two-game gap. Oh, I think it's just about done, and it's been that way for, for, for about three weeks. So if we introduce a wildcard weekend where all of a sudden seven down to ten... In the play, bye weekend. Yep, in the, the bye weekend, by. seventh plays tenth and eighth plays ninth, we extend the final series, then you could make a case at the moment mm-hmm. for all of the teams, I think down to Collingwood, if they were able to get a, a roll on... Of making that wild card weekend. There's only two games separating there. I've always been a fan of this idea. Always been a fan of this idea because it does keep the season alive right down to the wire. 
The NBL has just gone for the fifth year in a row with the last game of the year, which is tonight, by the way, deciding the final four. That's wonderful. We don't get that in the AFL. Obviously, a different setup. But imagine if we did have something similar where if you knew that you were a chance, that wildcard round has a whole other connotation now. It keeps people in the hunt for so much longer, and it keeps... It keeps it live. It keeps the season live. The other thing I would add to this, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it, the other little extra, I'd double down on this, and I would also give the number one draft pick to the team that finishes ninth. Because even once you've got that wildcard round set, you you have to then still keep it. Inter- so instead of rewarding mediocrity, and you remove any temptation then to tank, not that I'm saying that teams do, I'm not accusing anyone of that, but you remove any temptation to do that because the prize for missing out on finals by it could be a game, it could be percentage, but you kept yourself in it for the whole year. The prize and the reward for finishing ninth would be the number one draft pick. I would go that way. I would double down on this. Yep, keep it live, make it a wild card round, but give them the number one pick too to the side that just misses out on the finals in ninth position. Love to get your thoughts. one 736 736 is the number. We'll talk Carlton next. Daniel, stay right there. Aaron uh, as well as we change tack on the sporting car. Uh, the Time On, SEN. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, the Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on 600 Mount Alexander Road. I guess I've played a few years with him and whenever I see him, he's a wonderful man. And I just think he deserves time. I know people are critical on him, and it's easy to, you know, criticise him. I look at some of the coaches like Bomber Thompson and Damien Hardwick, who were given that extra year or two or whatever it was, and things turned for them. So I think Teague needs time. I know people are onto him now and just want to hammer him and say, you know, he's not good enough. And you know, we can be critical about a lot of things, but is it the right thing? I, I, I can't answer that. I just, I just hope they give him enough time, and maybe he needs to surround himself with some better quality assistant coaches that I don't know you know that that's the big question from afar so that was Anthony Kutafudi speaking to Dwayne Russell a little earlier today welcome back to time on for Essendon and GWM Havel the Essendon Renault traffic sales event is now on um Anthony Kutafudi's uh one of Carlton's greatest uh, speaking about David Teague and, and hoping that he can get a little bit more time the story that John Barker has stepped down from Carlton today that from what I'm told has been a, a while in coming he was keen for a change it, it there's no, it actually has nothing to do with what's to come in the mid-season review. That might have sped things up on the way that it exits and all that, but that had been on the cards from what I understand for a little while now, and he's got uh, some other interests that uh, he's looking to pursue, and the Carlton statement uh, says as much in that. It is an interesting one, isn't it? I, I agree. I, I'm not sure that you can just put the blame at the feet of David T when you go back and look through a bit of the history of Carlton. It's often the easy way out, isn't it, to blame the coach, get rid of them, move on to the next, and then never really turn the mirror around, never look a little bit deeper. This is a club that's had seven coaches in 20 years. That's a coach every 2.8 years. So when you go back and have a look at the successful coaches over the last however long, Bomber Thompson didn't win a flag till his seventh year. Clarko was in his fourth year. Adam Simpson was in his fifth year. Damian Hardwick was in his eighth year. The exception is... Bevo in his second year and maybe you'd say Lee Matthews at Brisbane in his third year, but they had that list pretty well established uh, um, and had actually played in a final, I think, before Lee got there. So footy is so much more complex, isn't it, these days? It's list management, salary cap, the high performance, the development, the fitness, the culture, the mindfulness. Culture of the team is now, we, we understand, is part of an overall club culture, not just team culture. So at Richmond, it's top to bottom. 
Hawthorne it was too, Geelong, Brisbane, the teams that have had success. It's a full club alignment. There's no factions. It is this is what we stand for from the president down to the person who um, who, who puts the crate paper on the the banner. It, it is we, we all, this is what we all adhere to and what we all agree to. When, when Clarkson got to Hawthorne, he came in and was assertive from the get-go. He points Richie Vandenberg as captain and says, this is the standard, you enforce it. And for those of you, I'm sorry, and went and spoke to all those people, you won't be a part of our next premiership in five years, but I need you to help us get there. And that really upset some people. It hurt some people. Uh, people left because of that. People were traded because of that. But people were incredibly selfless and generous in able to get that, to, in, able, in being able to get that to happen, to get games into young kids. Uh, people like Nick Holland had to change the way that they went about things. Shane Crawford took a little while to buy in because my friends are going. But he, in the end, he does, and then he gets the ultimate flag success. So it is a top-to-bottom thing, isn't it? And complete buy-in. Richmond review themselves. They then implement every recommendation from that external review. Total buy-in, everyone accountable to the agreed-upon pillars, all in unity, all in alignment, new-age club. I suppose you then got to ask yourself, are you a new-age club? When Greg Swan went up to Brisbane and then appointed Chris Fagan and Dave Noble, he's, he's comfortable enough in his own skin as a CEO to go, right, you guys go in and do what you need to do to get this team to be the best it can be. They've had two second-place finishes. Dave Noble and Chris Fagan didn't come in and just go, here's to the team, here's what we're all about. They went to the whole club. They interviewed every single person that had a position at that club and said, here's what we're all about, can we count on you? So automatically that just says a whole lot about the way in which clubs have to go about it. Kuda spoke about what Teague was like as a player, that he was unconditional. He did everything for his team. He sacrificed whatever it took for his team to get a win. Are we certain that Carlton are like that? They're certainly not a mirror image of what their coach was all about. We've had former greats on today, David Rhys-Jones, talking about what you've got to give to get success, what you had to do to earn a spot at Carlton back in their day the consequences if you didn't do it. I remember Peter Dean telling me earlier in the year that the the training that they did was harder than the games itself. They were harder on themselves than anyone was going to be. And the standards that they set were so high. So who are the example setters? Who are the standard setters at Carlton? That'd be questions that I'd have about this review. People have talked about the fitness. They're 18th in red time goals. They've won five last quarters for the year. So does that set of standards exist that high bar that says you've got to meet this to get a game. You've got to go back a bit deeper and realise even uh, Bryce Gibbs has spoken about how stunned he and Mark Murphy were to be put in the leadership group in their first years. They hadn't done anything to deserve that. They knew that they hadn't, but it was just given to them. Bryce Gibbs talks about when the fact that Chris Judd got there, he couldn't believe how low the standards were, how people didn't prepare properly. They were binging on you know eggs and bacon at breakfast when they were all the way travelling, and he had to try and get better standards in. That stuff predates David Teague. And when it comes to players getting a say on the coaches, that to me is just amateur hour, isn't it? That's the cart before the horse. The substitute teacher theory, I always stand by that the substitute teacher is the fun teacher that comes in and puts a video on. They don't have any responsibilities. They're not beholden to anything. They're just filling in for the day. But when they get the job, well, then there's staff meetings, isn't there? Then there's parent teacher. Then there's yard duty. Then there's, they are accountable for the results of the class. So it changes. They can't be fun teacher anymore. The employer doesn't go to the staff and say, who would you like to be your boss? They pick your boss and you fall in line. So if this is the guy that the players wanted, then it is up to them to fall in line. It's not the other way around. Teague's not beholden to them. 
They got the coach they wanted. It's then up to them to fall in line for what he wants. And Gary Lyon spoke about maybe having to have some tough discussions. We're looking from afar. If, that, if they're not as embracing as you'd hope them to be, then he has to make a call now. This is it. Otherwise, he'll get, he can get gobbled up. David Teague came in as an interim coach and had immediate response mm. in 10 weeks. Ironically, because he, you know, he, he was free and loose and, you know, he's mm. probably bait, everything was on merit. Now you've got a, your job to lose. I know it's easy sitting in these seats, but if, if it is Sam Doherty, you sit mm. Sam down and you say, Sam, we love you, you're our captain, obviously, but it's not getting done and you're going to have to have a spell. And, Mark, we love the fact that 300 games is in. We are desperate to get you there, but you don't want us to hand them to you. Yep. You've got to... Uh, they're, they're the really tough messages. And, and the difference probably from when your area was... When Joey, when um, Dell and, and Milling went out, you still had some very senior... Well, that, that's when Wiedering and Walsh and Mackay have got to just chuck their shoulders back and say, hey, th- we will be more demanding on the group than we have been instead of letting it for a group go. That's, that's right, because Doherty won't be a premiership right. captain until they, they all embrace... And I think it would, be, it would be... They would look back in two to three years' time and say this was the best thing for... It was hard at the time, but this was the best thing for all of us. So that was Gary Lyon last night on the couch. Nick Rewalt there as well. And when you bring in players, the, the, the desperation to get anyone for anything at any cost does seem exactly that now, doesn't it? Desperate. So when Hawthorne brought in Gibson, Hale, Lake, Frawley, they brought them into an established culture and said, if you want to be here, you take unders, you be part of this, you'll get success. It wasn't the other way around. I wonder if that's how... I don't know the answers. I don't know if, that is, if this isn't happening at Carlton, but this is the questions that I'd want to be asking as part of that review if I was a Carlton fan. Lepper spoke today about people that sacrifice so that for the, for, the, for the success that can come. Like Gary spoke about that. He spoke about what Craig Lambert did when Simon Black and Nigel Lappin get to Brisbane. He stood aside, essentially, but taught them how to be brilliant midfielders, helped in their development, and then he retired just before the three-peat. Richard Champion was the same up there. Nick Holland did it at Hawthorne. Trent Cotchins, in another format, has changed the whole way he plays so that they can get success. Luke Hodge could have been one of the greatest on balls of all time, but... Clark, I said, I need you to be a general off half-back. And so he sacrifices his personal glories, but in the end achieves so many because he was a two-time Norm Smith medalist as well. So then the question is, are you happy just being a footballer or do you want something that's a little bigger and a little better but will be infinitely harder? And I wonder when Kane Corn says we should make Sam Walsh captain, is that going down the same line that they've been in the past, just gifting things to people? He's just in his third year. I would say let him play. Joel Selwood was made captain in his sixth year after he'd already won three flags. I would look to what Clarkson did with Vandenberg. Find yourself a captain that will encapsulate everything that you want the side to be, give them the carte blanche then to enforce it upon every single other person. If they don't fall into line, well, then see you later. one 736 96 Carlton fans, I'd love to get your thoughts. Aaron's in WA, been waiting patiently. Hello, Aaron. Uh, afternoon, Sammy. It's just a classic case of deja vu, isn't it? It feels like a bad dream. We've been here before. You have. But I just I just really wanted to talk about the next 10 weeks. I mean, we really need to find out who wants to roll up their sleeves, who wants to fight, and a couple of hard decisions may need to be made, and we may need to move on a couple of people. I mean, we need to start making some preparations to send off a couple of club greats. It's not easy to do, but it has to be done. And I just want to say that when David finished his tenure as interim coach, at the end of that season, they really needed to do the new assistant coach thing then. 
They carried on the same people from the Bolton administration, and I think they really missed a trick at that point in time. And whether David gets that opportunity or not, only time will tell, but he's got 10 weeks, I feel, to to really fight for his position. And it, it's hard to say that about him, but I think that's the reality. Yeah, and, I've, as, and I think you agree too, and I think it goes much deeper than him, and it's been issues that have been happening from what the outside looking in for a lot longer. You know, Brendan Bolton had empowered Paddy Dow and Lockie O'Brien and Sam petrovsky seat, and now they're playing in the twos. And I don't know whether that's because David Teague feels beholden to the players that maybe helped him get the job in the first place, but he's not beholden to them at all. They're beholden to him now. They got the coach they wanted. Now fall into line with what he's asking. So is, is that happening? That's what I'd love to know in these conversations. And do they need to do maybe what even John Longmire, who's a premiership coach, has done, Simon Goodwin has done? Go and find a guy that does something so well that you don't do particularly well. Like for John Longmire, who is a wonderful defensive coach, he goes out and gets one of the best attacking coaches in Don Pike, and then Simon Goodwin goes and, you know, finds, a, a, you know, the, the Mark Williams of the world. They go and get Adam Uze. So all of a sudden their forward connectivity is better than it's ever been. Um, under those guys because maybe it just wasn't a strength of Simon Goodwin's. Maybe that's something they can do to help him. But he's been there for four minutes. You're averaging a coach every 2.8 years over the last 20 years at Carlton. You, you, you Try something different. Don't just throw it all on the coach and say, well, we're fine. It must be the coach. So I really hope that it's a broader, and it seems like it will be from what Sam Edmund tells us. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Daniel's in Elwood. G'day, Daniel. Sam, you're in a, a rich vein of form tonight, mate. Thumbs up on the wild card and the uh, the ninth place getting first draft pick. I also tilt my hat, mate, to you and the way you've been conducting the calls in and around the Adam Good situation this evening. I think you've been wonderful and it's just as important to, to show the audience what some Aussies are saying about this still today. And I know you feel a little lost for it, but congratulations mm. to you and the network for letting it lay bare, so to speak, so everyone can just remind themselves how much of a problem and issue this is still today. Thanks, Daniel. Hey, a lot of water's gone on the bridge, mate. I want to talk about the assistants, because I feel like you and me are about to have a full circle moment with John Barker. <laughs> but just on tape, one thing I want you to consider, mate, yep. with all of this commentary, and I'll get you to think back to once Teague got the job, he said something that kind of alarmed me, which was he said, I'm going to work with the players to make the game plan. Now, I reckon that's worth considering. I don't want to spend time on that, but it's, if you look it up, he said something to that tune. I don't think he was an authoritative leader in terms of telling his troops and the club what he wanted at that point. But I'll leave that simmer, look it up, be curious to get your point on that. The bigger point I want to get to, mate, is John Barker. So John Barker, I called up after Brisbane. You took me to an ad break and you defended his clearance records and you backed him in as a mid-coach. <laughs> the second time I called you, mate, was after... Um, it was actually when the Lepage thing happened. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember. Yep. Yeah, I didn't get to hear the back of that ad break, mate, because I had to go on a date. Uh, so, oh, I, how'd you go? Uh, well, Is it love? Know, all right. No, nah, there's, okay. there's a couple of irons, other irons and guys <laughs> oh, right. out, so happy days. But, mate, today, of all the assistant coaches to part ways with the club, I wanted to get your perspective. Uh, is, is, was it, you know, is, is, was it John Barker's time? Because, mate, I've been saying it for six, seven weeks. I, I just I just didn't think it was working with him at the club, and I want to get your perspective today now that he's obviously parting ways with the club. Yeah, Daniel, thanks for the call. As we go to the break, um, my little monologue might have gone for a little long, and uh, apologies for that. Um, yeah, I, from what I understand, and, and I and I did think of you today when I saw that he, um, from what the club is saying, he's got other interests that he's keen to pursue, and 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 I. 
from my understanding from some people as well is that, yeah, that, that has been on the cards for a lot longer than what we're talking about now with Carlton has been on the cards. I, I could be wrong on that, but that's my understanding of it uh, as it sits at the minute. So I don't think the two things are actually necessarily related. Um, but he's been there for 10 years and he's a pretty self-aware guy from what I'm told. So um, he might have thought that now was a good time for a change. I'm not sure. I can't speak on his behalf, but um, it would be clear that whatever's happening there as a collective isn't quite working. So, you know, and Teague's approach, as you mentioned, he was maybe a bit collaborative. Well, John Warsfold was a bit like that at Essendon. So from what we understand, Ben Rutten's come in and said, no, no, this is the way (laughs) and we fall in behind it. Maybe that's what's needed. Uh, at Carlton now. It, they tried something that didn't work. I don't think David T should be thrown out because of that, but maybe then now they go about looking at how they correct it. Uh, but thanks for the call, Daniel. Really appreciate it. one 736 Bryce and Mark, I'll get to you on the other side of this. Uh, Matt as well. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Tradies, don't miss the instant asset tax write-off. Essendon Renault traffic sales event now on. Uh, all thanks to Apier at 10 o'clock tonight, the go-to insurance for retirees, Olympic and NBA legend Phil the General Smythe will be brought to you by Apier, the go-to insurance for retirees. Call Apier on 135050. Cannot wait for that chat. Mark's in queue. G'day, Mark. G'day, fellas. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny. Mediocrity comes upon you very, very quickly. I'll, I'll start with by saying this year alone will be the sixth year because Hawthorne aren't going to make the finals. It'll be the sixth year that Hawthorne won't have won a final then. Since their great year, that great era, mm. this will be the sixth year that Hawthorne haven't won a final. If you look at Essendon, they haven't won a final for 16 years. So moving that on to Carlton, it's, it's way worse with Carlton because, quite frankly, since the turn of the century, these last 2021 seasons, they've won five wooden spoons. It is... It is abject failure. Mm. There's systemic problems within the club, quite frankly, and they need to think outside the square because there is not one, other than their ability to make money, everything they're doing football-wise is really not clicking. They should be thinking outside the square and they should be a club that should be going, well, hang on a second, we're failing in Melbourne. We made a very poor decision by pushing to be based at Eddie had when they had a very big supporter base, far bigger than what Eddie had can handle, I should say Marvel. The point being is they should think outside the square now and be the club that pushes, say, for relocation to Tasmania because people in Tasmania are not going to follow North Melbourne and they certainly don't want to really follow Hawthorne as their crowds down there really are nondescript. Mark, you've thrown in a you've thrown in a, a real left field one on the buzzer and made it to. I, I love the left field thinking. I don't think the Tasmania will follow any team that comes from Victoria. Is just my thought. I think they'd want their own, mate. I'm sorry, we've just got to jump uh, to Bryce, who's been waiting patiently before I finish up. Bryce, hello. Hi, Sam. Um, again, on the Carlton thing, I think one thing that Carlton should do for the rest of the year, Mark Pittman's not a number one ruckman. They picked up a young kid last week. For the next 10 weeks, they should play him. Mm. I was very disappointed to hear last week Mark Murphy interviewed after he'd been dropped and for him to basically whinge and say he was entitled to be in the side 
you should have said, yes, I'm playing poorly and I need to go back and do the right thing. Yep. And uh, a- Bryce, uh, thank you so much. We've got 20 seconds before I've got to hit the break. Yeah, I, um, I don't want to pile on Mark Murphy. Plenty more have done that. But, yeah, I, I would side with you on that. Entitlement seems to be an issue that's been uh, long held uh, at Carlton from where we look here. So we'll keep talking about this. Sorry to Paul and, and sorry to Matt. Uh, but we've got the global game up next uh, with Simon Hill. And then uh, I'll speak to you later on this evening. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.